This is Power Lunch, exclusively on Lightning Power Play. I felt for first 35 minutes of the game, we had the puck most of the time. I'm not sitting here saying we were generating a ton, but we had our looks. And then, you know, in a three-minute span, we kind of blew a track. You know, then we blew a D-zone coverage assignment on two plays. It's just subtle little things that, you know, normally we don't do, and we did it in a span, and they, they just all happened to end up in the net. They did. Some of that was who was in net. It wasn't Andre Vasilevsky. It wasn't Curtis McElhaney. It was Christopher Gibson. That was a little bit of a shock. Ben Thomas makes his NHL debut. Look good. Detroit, an improving team, no doubt. The Lightning's offense is maybe in a little bit of a slump. And some other things going around the National Hockey League we will discuss here on Power Lunch, on Lightning Power Play on a Monday. Hope you're Easter holiday went well, and you joined part of the day with us on the radio side, listening to the games. Let me bring in my co-host, Dave Mishkin. And Mish, it was a busy weekend for us and uh, all involved with the Lightning. But as we sit right now, we wake up this morning. The Lightning now in second place, two points behind Florida, although they do have a game in hand, meaning Tampa Bay. Carolina in third with 53 points. And then we've talked about that logjam in fourth with Nashville, Chicago, Dallas, and Columbus, the team Tampa Bay will face Tuesday on the road. So certainly getting to crunch time here, Dave. We're starting, I think, to find out some tendencies and what teams are, what teams maybe aren't this time of the year as we get set for the next 20 or so games before the playoffs come here in about a month. Yeah, and for the Lightning, that stretch of time, 18 left for them, is as much about honing their game for the playoffs. And I feel like they 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 have gotten off kilter here in whether you want to say the last couple of weeks, maybe more than that. They've been good enough to still get points. But I don't think I'm going out on a limb here, Greg, when I say that their games that stands today is not going to win them a Stanley Cup if they play the way they are playing now in the playoffs. So between today and the start of the playoffs, you'd like to see them sharpen. And that's not to say they can't do it, but you do have to get back on the center line. <laughs> if you've kiltered, gone off kilter a little bit, if you veered from that center line, you got to find a way back to that center line. Because when the playoffs begin, these little lapses that John Cooper talked about or, or less attention to detail or one part of their game kind of looking good, but another part of their game going sideways a little bit, that's going to be hard to maintain. If I shouldn't say it's going to be hard to maintain. It's going to be hard to win in the playoffs if you don't correct it. So is it a major cause for concern as we speak today? No, but I think that we've seen enough here in the last few weeks to be able to pinpoint some areas where it's clear the Lightning need to sharpen in, in, the, in the closing weeks. Now, if they can do it and they get a lot of points as a result of it and they finish in first place, great. But I think we've been very consistent, Greg, on our show in saying that the the process, the honing of the game is more important than where they finish in the standings. And I understand what you're saying about Nashville, Chicago, Dallas, and Columbus. This thing is going to start getting more and more clear probably within the next 10 days to two weeks. I mean, first of all, the Lightning have their next four games against Columbus and Nashville. Columbus is reeling. They are absolutely reeling. Their game that they lost to the Lightning on Thursday – was one of their better overall performances. That was the game in which Colton and Point scored late and, and Columbus came away with a regulation loss. Then they went to Sunrise and lost two more in regulation. So if you include their two losses to Detroit, remember they lost those two in Detroit before right. they came to Amelie Arena. Yeah. What is that? One, two, three, four, five regulation losses in the last six. So I know that we're going to talk about the Lightning, but I'm curious heading into these two games, Tuesday and Thursday in Columbus, how much fight do the Blue Jackets have left? Because it's starting to become more difficult in terms of the math. They're five points back of Nashville, 
Nashville has a game in hand. I mean, it's still doable, but you always talk about correctly. So jumping over teams, they have to get over at this point, Dallas, Chicago, and Nashville to get into fourth. And they're slumping. They've lost a lot recently. Let's let's see let's see what kind of pushback they have in the game on Tuesday. But getting back to the Lightning, to me, it's less about getting in the playoffs. I think that's going to happen. It's nice when you get that X next to your name, but more about getting their game in shape. And I'm not saying anything here that that is sure. you know earth shattering. Or but it's good to reiterate it. It's it is. Yeah, I think it, that I think. that is the top of the priority yeah. list and it getting is. healthy. And maybe and maybe working the lineup in a way that you've talked about to to make sure guys are as, as fresh as they possibly can be going into the playoffs. Now we want to get into why is their game gone off kilter? I mean, the lack of practice time is is legit. That that's part of it. Although a lot of other teams haven't had much practice time, and I'm not going to talk here for the whole hour. I'm just going to throw out a couple of things yeah, here after it, introducing it. the 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 parts of their game, and we can get into the parts of their game that I think are are needing to be sharpened, but. Lack of practice time, I think, is a legit part of this. And keep in mind, once you get into a playoff series, you're playing regularly, but, I mean, you do get some time before the playoffs begin to, to get some practice time in. And both teams in a playoff series are going to be in the same boat. But but the lack of practice time, I think, is part of this. And the other part, too, is, and this is probably not the most – I don't want to say politically correct thing to say, but it's something that that players don't really mention, coaches don't really mention, but I think it's it's the reality of where they are. They are not playing for their playoff life right now. They're just not. I mean, yeah, we can talk about it. they want first, the, this, that, and the other thing. Like, the players understand the games right now are not as important for the Lightning as they are for, let's say, Nashville and Chicago, for sure. And I think when that happens you can lose a little of your focus in terms of being as dialed in as you're going to need to be in a playoff series when you're in game 37, 38, 39 of a 56-game regular season. So those are temporary. I mean, the games are going to get more important as you get into a playoff series, certainly. And the schedule will allow for more practice time in a playoff series as well. But I, I think these problems still need to be addressed if that's the right way of putting it or at least their their game needs to be sharpened in the next 18 regular season you know, games heading into the playoffs everything you said makes sense and i agree with you and i think when you talk about the lightning they're human beings and what they did early in the season has allowed them this opportunity where yes. if they have a bit of a slump they're going to be okay i'm big picture more inclined to give them the benefit of the doubt in terms of Turn it up another notch when it comes to their level of play once the playoffs begin because of what they did last year. I believe that. I think John Cooper, Brian Engblom and I, Dave, were talking about this yesterday. I think he gives this team, he's not one of those coaches, I think, that like a Tortorella. Every day, if you're not doing something the way he wants it, he is going to be in your face. He is going to be demanding, demanding. Not saying John Cooper is not demanding, but there's a different way to be demanding. John Tortorella is different than John Cooper. I think what John Cooper does for this Lightning team is is the right thing to do. I think the Lightning, and maybe this is a big assumption on my part, I'm willing to go there, though, because they've earned it. I think the things that have become an issue for them the last couple of weeks, Dave, and we can talk about what those exactly are, I don't know if they become fully corrected come playoff time, but I think they get back to being a lot closer to the team that we saw in the bubble last year than maybe what we're seeing here over the last couple of weeks for the reasons you just gave. There is not a desperation right now. I think they just they want to try and play well. They understand there is like Detroit has improved. And I want to give credit to Detroit over the last two games. If Detroit had better players, better goal scorers, they probably win both those games. I'm not saying anything that's unusual there. Detroit looked pretty good. They just don't have enough talent to beat Tampa Bay, and Vasilevsky was pretty incredible a couple of nights ago. So understand all of that. You're going to go through these ups and downs when you're a team like the Lightning when you know the point of the regular season is to fine-tune your game and get into the postseason. And you're going to get everybody's team's best shot, especially a team like Detroit who you've owned the last how many years, Dave, at home at least, 
where they've just been dominant against the Red Wings. So things like that are going to happen. I tweeted out today because I think it's it's somewhat interesting. It's a little different, but I think it pertains to some of the issues they are having, and that were five things we have learned about this Lightning team up to this point. And if we can, I'd like to go through them a little bit. You and I can kind of go off of what we've seen. If people want to react to it, they can. We already have some questions starting to come in at Bolts Radio because I think it speaks to maybe where the team is right now and where they are headed. I think one of the biggest bright spots, certainly the last couple of games, but since they were formed, their fourth line, Dave, has been their best line over the last couple of weeks, consistently giving you what you expect from a fourth line, and maybe more. I think that has been a very pleasant surprise. I don't think it's a coincidence that since Ross Colton has taken over, that line has gotten to another level. You don't anticipate fourth lines always producing, but Dave, as you and I have discussed, you can't have your fourth line just skate up and down and take up space. But even when the team, when they don't have their legs, I feel like the fourth line, it's not every shift, but for the most part, they're doing a pretty good job of tilting the ice. And I think, at least for me, over the last couple of weeks, and maybe, and I know all lines aren't created equal, maybe the other lines can take a look at what the fourth line is doing and say, let's take a page out of their book here. Let's maybe keep it a little simpler. Dump it in. Let's chase. Let's grind it out. Because sometimes we've seen the lightning when they get into some trouble. And because they're talented, that's that's part of the reason. A little more east-west than you'd like. That fourth line, for the most part, uses their speed. They know exactly what they want to do. And they execute. And Dave, I think, for me at least, point number five or point number one, however you want to do this when we talk about the five things I think we've learned about this Lightning team so far, I think that fourth line has been really, really good for them. And it's been a nice surprise. Yeah, I actually don't know your five things, so I'm, I'm hearing them for yeah, the this first is a, time. I'm spitballing. I'm spitballing yes. here. Well, good. I love it. The fourth line, as it is configured, and we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know how it's going to look for game one of the playoffs, although I, I feel confident saying there will be a game one of the playoffs. <laughs> I don't think I'm going out on a limb here yeah. to say that uh, before too long, the Lightning will have an X next to their name for having clinched a playoff spot. I think that that is a line that will be intact, all of the things being equal for the start of the playoffs and can be a line that could be very impactful for the Lightning in the playoffs. And we were not expecting that. Maybe if we weren't expecting that, we weren't sure what the fourth line would look like at the start of the year. Remember, like, will Volkov continue what he did in game six last year? Where will Mitchell Stevens' game be? You know, what about Matthew Joseph? Will he be able to bounce back this year? I think we had a lot of questions about different guys, and we didn't know what that line would look like. You're taking Paquette off that line, or he was a very regular, steady force for the Lightning on that fourth line. The Lightning have a good one right now, and it's beyond just a game or two. Uh, I know I had mentioned this after the game on Saturday when Colton scored, it had been at that point the last eight games that those three players had played as a line. They had accounted for eight goals. Now it's it eight it's eight goals in nine games because they didn't score as a line yesterday. That is really impressive, and and it's not even just about the offense, which is great, but like you said, how they're tilting the ice. So I agree with you. I mean, for for all of the things that we can say about the Lightning's game right now as we speak today saying this needs to get a little sharper, this area, they need a little bit more attention to detail, they need to be a little harder in front of the net. In in this area, the fourth line is an area that is is really looking good right now. Yeah. Currently, like right now, we can say this has been a really, I'll use the term, pleasant surprise based on, on where they are at this point in the season, based on what our expectations were heading into game one. I love it. So, Dave, the first point I make, you and I kind of agree. Yes. I like we this. We are and in look, simpatico. This, this, and I like it when you and I sometimes don't necessarily agree on the specific topic because it, it just means we're thinking about things a little differently. And I think our audience appreciates that because 
you guys aren't robots either. You all have independent thoughts, and I appreciate that. All right, so the fourth point, what five things we've learned about this lightning You're going five to one. You're going... I, I guess we can go five to one. I guess we can go five Increasing order of, However you want to do it. <laughs> or increasing um, order of importance. Tyler Johnson needs to pick it up. I'm not I'm not here to get into trade talks. I think some of that is a little wishful thinking on Lightning fans' parts. But I I will be on I, I was expecting a bit more from Tyler's play this year. When the playoffs start, I think John Cooper will have an interesting decision to make. But Tyler Johnson, I felt like coming into this year because of everything that he had gone through with waivers and understanding that this probably is his last year. And look, actions speak louder than words. The Lightning, no doubt, were trying to move him. I was taking the positive viewpoint that he was going to use that as a motivational tool to show the Lightning not only is he a guy that is a dynamic player, but perhaps the other team that he may go to, wherever that is, is going to get a guy who is a big-time two-way player who, at the very least, can give you 20 goals a year while giving you a very good forecheck and who has a lot of playoff experience. I still think all of those are capable and all of those have the opportunity to still factor into the Tampa Bay Lightning, Dave. I just haven't seen enough of it. I don't know why that is. I don't. And I think Tyler's going to get the benefit of the doubt because John Cooper has been in a lot of battles with him. And sometimes with a player like that, all it takes is one game where you see the puck fill the net a couple of times and your confidence is restored. And I think confidence is such a big thing for athletes. If you don't have it, regardless of how talented you are, you become a shell of the player that you were or that you can be. But I think up to this point, it's fair. You know, we're 38, 39 games into this. I was expecting a bit more from Tyler. And I think for him, this is, you know, the next 10, 15 games, you know, we talk about urgency. I do think he needs to show the coaching staff that there, there is life there. Because when Kucherov does come back, assuming everybody is healthy, I think there are going to be some tough decisions to make that we didn't anticipate when the season first began. And I think that's a pretty fair assessment of, of where that situation is. All right, here's where we are going to differ a little bit. I am not disputing the fact that Tyler Johnson has not had the kind of offensive season that maybe he would have wanted or people who follow the team would have wanted to see from him based on based on all the things that you just spelled out, that it's kind of a coming off a waving the no trade and going through waivers and all that. You want to see a guy basically push back and be a point per game guy, right? <laughs> Which, I mean, he's he's been that productive before over the course of his NHL career. Here's where I will differ with you. I think there have been points this year and not just in in one game here one game there I think there have been little stretches where where Tyler Johnson has has been very impactful offensively let's not forget that he scored the game winning goal in that game against Florida what was it a week ago Sunday they're all kind of running together now Greg. Yeah. but I think that was that was the last game that the Lightning scored more than three isn't that the stat that, that we're seeing that can't be right because I think They've gone three and four. Maybe it was the one game where they've scored more than three during this last little stretch. I think the stat was seven games that they have. Yeah, you might be right. At three or less, but they did score more than three in that game. But he had that power play deflection at the, at the front of the net. Yeah, the and that winner. was the game winning right. goal. Right. Yeah, that was a game winning goal. Yeah. I think when he has played at points with Goodrow and Coleman, they've been a pretty effective line. We talked about, oh, Johnny's back in the middle and and how effective he can be when he's playing his natural position. So it's not like, you know, the Lightning have played 38 games, and in 36 of them, we can we can point to this one player and say, yeah, he just hasn't he just hasn't been impactful enough. I think there have been points where he has. I think recently, he is one of a number of guys. Here's where I'm differing with you a little bit, and I'm kind of lumping it into a, a team wide discussion. I think he has been one of a number of players who have not done enough in the offensive zone to create chances. But it's not just him. I don't think Anthony Sorelli has been particularly impactful recently. When when I say impactful, I'm talking about offensive zone generating shots and scoring chances. I don't think that Kalorn has been as impactful 
as he has been at other points this year. I don't think Stamkos has been as impactful. I know he had a great chance on a three-on-one yesterday, and that was Grice's best save of the day, but we haven't seen that enough from Stamkos until he he kind of broke out in a big way, Braden Point, three goals in two games, and and he did have some looks yesterday, hit the post yesterday as well, but prior to that, you know, he looked like he had maybe hit the wall a little bit, but he he turned it around and and he was he was very impactful during the homestand for sure. But I think that we can go down the list. Where have Goodrow and Coleman been? recently sure like like they've been quieter so it almost has made the performance of the fourth line even more noticeable because too many of the other forwards have not maintained a level of consistent impactful play of which Tyler Johnson is one of those players but I don't think it's just about him and so this is where I would roll it into when we talk about attention to detail it's not just attention to detail in terms of defense, team defense. It's also doing the things you need to do to generate looks against a team that is digging in defensively. And that's fair. And we saw it Tuesday against Columbus. They dug in defensively, and the Lightning didn't do enough in the offensive zone. I think we saw it again yesterday where Detroit dug in defensively, and the Lightning didn't do enough to to get inside and and get to scoring areas, get to loose puck rebound opportunities – and, and be strong enough, I'm talking about physically strong enough, impactful yeah. enough, physically impactful enough, to will yourself to those areas where you can get those prime scoring chances. But this is a team that has regularly been, if not leading the league in goals, among the league leaders in goals for several years. And this is a current situation that we're starting to see creep into their game that I do not believe is going to be very difficult for them to correct. See, As that, opposed and, to maybe some other areas where and that'll be where I think it's a little bit more gray about can they do it. I think that they will find their offensive game, and and the guys who have been impactful in the past will be impactful again. What that means for Tyler Johnson, I don't know, but that's I kind of look at it more as a team wide thing over these last whatever it is seven, ten games, couple of weeks, three weeks, whatever you want to say, the the Lightning have not been as impactful offensively. That's reflected in their goal output. Sure. And I think it's it's more team-wide than just one guy. And I think, look, not every player is created equal. I, I think in favor, of, in, in terms of Tyler Johnson, I'm not sure where he fits in right now because, and this isn't, I'm not saying in a bad way, I just think, you know, we're talking about third-line center, second-line wing. I mean, I, I think, in part, they may have to find where he is best used with this team and just kind of stick with it and let him kind of grow and say, this is your role heading into the playoffs. And maybe sometimes that's where you basically say, this is what, you, this is what we need from you, Yeah, these playoffs. The season hasn't gone according to plan, but the playoffs are a clean slate. This is what we need from you. This is your job. And this is what we're going to expect from you. Maybe that needs to be ironed out here with the remaining 20 games or however many it is before the playoffs begin. I don't know. But what you ultimately said is going to be one of my bigger points. Actually, it'll be the biggest point that I make when, when okay. I'm talking about five And by the way, I, I looked it up. These games are running together. It was actually two weeks ago yesterday, two weeks ago Sunday, that the Lightning beat the Panthers. I thought it was only a week ago, so I'm yeah. really – I'm all spun long. around. But it that was long. the game – that was their last game where they scored more than three, and it's no, been seven no games since. Three on the road, four at home, and they're three and four during those seven games, scoring three or less. Johnson's last goal sure. was was that game winner in the Florida game now eight games ago. Yeah. So I, I think for Johnny, like the team – and this will be my first point we'll get to in a little bit. I think you're hoping collectively their game just there's a little bit more focus. They understand what they're going to do. They understand what they need to do to win playoff games. And that a guy like Tyler Johnson, there's a little bit of a switch there that says, okay, here we go. Pay attention to detail. This is my role. This is what we're going to do. It's for the betterment of the team. And I think I'm willing to give that team the benefit of the doubt when it comes to some of the the issues we're starting to see here creep into their game the last couple of weeks. The third point I wanted to make, Dave, was it's obvious, but I I think it maybe wasn't so when we 
looked at this team earlier in the year. They miss Eric Chernak probably more than we think. Eric Chernak was playing as well as any defenseman not named Victor Hedman before he went down. I think some of the problems they've had defensively in front of their own zone has been noticeable. And obviously, when you take a Chernak out, you're playing somebody else who is not a regular in the lineup. And I think those guys have actually done pretty well, whether it's the Shens, we saw Ben Thomas yesterday, Borgman at times. I'm glad in some ways we've seen them play because you're going to need depth defensemen as you make your, your journey into the playoffs. But they miss Eric Chernak. They don't have another guy like that on the back end, somebody who's physical, who can play the body, who also joins the rush, and I think was getting better offensively in addition to what he was doing defensively. But it's probably stating the obvious, but for some out there that are looking at this Lightning team, I'm seeing more so about what are they not doing offensively and why aren't they doing this. And Look, Eric Chernak's a big part, Dave, of what they want to do on the back end, and you and I have discussed this before of how important he is. I think his absence has hit home that point a bit more. I am in complete agreement on your third point. And it's not just you you made the point that they maybe don't have another defenseman exactly like Chernak, and that's a fair point. He's big, he's strong, he can skate, he's physical, he's got a big shot, he's not afraid to be aggressive in the offensive zone, he is a terrific penalty killer, he's strong in front of the net. He, he almost like combines the physical ruggedness and defensive toughness of a Luke Shen with some of the offensive sensibilities and skating ability of some of their other more high-skilled defensemen. And that's what makes him unique. But it's also the fact that he is the one righty that they have who, and I just said that he maybe checks some boxes that that some other players on their team check some of the boxes, but not all the boxes, right? Like he has a unique, he has a unique mix of different assets. Yeah, but Sergachev can play the right side if needed, and we've seen him do that. But I think if Chernak is healthy and and able to be in the lineup, the Lightning I think would like to have the three lefties on the left side and have Chernak be their their main righty. With the other guys, you know, Foot, Shen, Ruda, if he's healthy, maybe even Ben Thomas filling in. And it's almost that because the Lightning have less depth among their right-handed shooting defensemen, which is not a knock on the other righties, it's just talking about the depth they have on the left side is as, as deep as any team in the league. You got Hedman, McDonough, and Sergachev. That makes Chernak's value on the right side almost outsized right I mean we don't want to we don't want to see what the lighting would look like if you took Hedman or McDonough or Sergeyev out of the line I'm not suggesting that but just the level of depth they have in the left side and when I say left side I'm talking about their left-handed shooting defenseman is much different than the way things look among their right-handed shooting defensemen and because Chernak is the main guy among that group when you take him out, it's it's more difficult in a way to adjust. Maybe I shouldn't say more difficult, but it's definitely a difficult adjustment. And I think your point is is spot on there. So hopefully he comes back soon and is healthy and ready to go for yep. the stretch run. But in the interim, we are seeing Calfoot get more opportunities, more minutes. And I think that that is beneficial for him. And maybe we see a guy like Ben Thomas get his feet wet and again, you never know what you're going to need once you get into the playoffs. So in a weird way, it's actually helpful to, to see these guys getting more minutes or more opportunities in terms of building up some of that depth. Not that you want a Chernak to be out of the lineup, and, and I think that it's imperative that, that he is back in and, and healthy and ready and raring to go once the playoffs do get under. You mentioned... It's a good point. We're going to go to break, and I'll, we'll get to the, the last two points here and get to uh, Ben Thomas a bit more. But I think the Ben Thomas situation 
is very intriguing for this Lightning team as we approach the deadline, the trade deadline. And I'll tell you why when we return. He's Dave Michigan. I am Greg Lanelli at Bolts Radio. Get those questions in. I'll give you the uh, last two observations regarding this Lightning team up to this point. And you certainly can weigh in if you'd like. It's just... Us today talking about this Lightning team on a Monday. It's Power Lunch on Lightning Power Play. The perfect social distancing distraction for your lunch hour. This is Power Lunch only on Lightning Power Play on the iHeartRadio app. Get those questions in, please, or observations, if you'd like, at Bolts Radio. That's where you can hit us up here on a Monday. Hope your weekend went well. I am Greg Linelli, along with Dave Michigan and our producer, Steve Erickson, giving you Kind of five things we've learned, I think, about this Lightning team up to this point. And, of course, it can go beyond five things. But these were just some topics that caught my eye, caught my interest. I wanted to at least present them to everybody today. And I think we've had some pretty good conversation. Just to recap, if you just joining this, the show, the first or fifth, I guess, in this particular instance, is the fourth line is playing the best over the last couple of weeks. I don't think anybody would dispute that. Ross Colton and what he's brought to that fourth line tilting the ice, providing some offense. They've been really good. Uh, For me, I just want to see Tyler Johnson pick it up a bit, although, as Dave correctly points out, the offense in general, I think, has taken a bit of a hit, and we've seen some guys go into some slumps for a variety of reasons. Johnson's been a hot topic, I think, all this year, but I think he's somebody that they can certainly use once the playoffs begin. I think giving him a defining role on this team would help and hopefully once the playoffs begin he is somebody that can I think perform his duties to the best of his abilities because I think he is a big part of what Tampa Bay wants to accomplish the third part or observation and something we are learning about this lightning team as Dave and I discussed before we went to break was how much they do miss Eric Chernak and how good of a player he's become on that back back end, uh, we don't need to analyze that anymore. He is a legitimate top four defenseman on a Stanley Cup contending team who brings size and nastiness to a back end that maybe doesn't have enough of it. And when he's out of the lineup, it is noticeable. So if you want to react to those first three, you can at Bolts Radio. Dave, I think this one probably could have been number one, but I want to save number one for... I don't want to say more of a positive spin, but I, I think it's it's pretty logical to come to that conclusion. I think if you're a Lightning fan that understands the ups and downs of the season. So I'll save that for number one. For me, number two, up to this point, when we talk about this Lightning team, and some of that I think have been the injuries. Chernak, I think not being in the lineup has played a role. I think some of it is it's not a team that's playing desperate game in and game out for obvious reasons. They haven't had to. And I think you have to take this all into consideration when it comes to this point I'm about to make. But I do think they're relying on Vassy a bit more than we thought. Now, again, some of that is what we've talked about. The desperation hasn't been there. Chernak is out. And I do think it gets better once the playoffs start. Because I think you give a team like that the benefit of the doubt. But I think they are relying on him more than a team like the Lightning should. And there have been a couple of games, and the one in particular, which one was it, where Vassy, was it after the game he said, but that was a, probably the easiest start I've had. Yeah. yeah. And, he, said, you know, he said two barely break a sweat type games <laughs> against the Stars. But I other games like, where he's been under siege against the Stars. So yes. it's not just I feel stars. like... Dave, and I'd have to really break down each game and look into the numbers. The eye test for me never lets me down for the most part. I feel like they've had to rely on him more than you'd like from a team that's as talented as Tampa Bay. Now, again, we've made the point over and over again. This isn't a trapping type of team like we've seen with the New Jersey Devils where they're smothering you and they're only giving up 18 shots a game. That's just not how they're built, and nor should it be. They're an offensively talented team who can play very well defensively. I think more so when they have the puck than they don't, but it, it's who they are, and they've won a cup and they've been successful doing it. They've won a lot of games doing this way. But I do think... This year in particular, because we took a lot of questions regarding McElhaney and Gibson we saw yesterday, that 
Vasi does cover up a lot of warts, and there are various reasons for it. We can debate those if we want. Bottom line is I'm not too interested in debating all of them because I want them cleaned up once the playoffs begin. I think it will, but I feel like Vasi, and maybe this is part of the reason why I think I've been harping on MVP status most of the year, is because I think he's had to be pretty damn incredible every game he's played. And maybe that's has surprised me a bit this year, where I thought maybe they'd be a bit better defensively. I think one of the biggest reasons they are where they are defensively has been the play of Vassie. And I think it's fair. He's been incredible. But in many ways, I don't want him to be as incredible every game like he has, because <laughs> I think that means he's facing a lot of really difficult shots. So if I were making my list, this would be number one for me. <laughs> I like it. I like well, it. Well, because I, I think I think this is gonna be the key. I may be completely wrong on this. Because Vasilevsky is good enough to, if not single handedly, one of the hands <laughs> doing a lot of the lifting, right? His hand and then maybe a few others, but he's doing a lot of the heavy lifting. He has shown that he is capable of putting a team on his back. And we've seen this in other playoff series, too, predating the 2020 playoff yes, we have. run. But you don't want to have to put yourself in that position. And I think that was the main narrative from the 1920, 2019, 2020 season, not the year 1920, last season, their journey, their, if not metamorphosis, transitioning throughout the year hitting their stride getting into the the bubble situation and defending so well in front of their goalie was I think the defining storyline from last year's team I mean certainly we've talked about it a lot and I think if we're being clear-eyed about this which which I try to do you know that I think at the start of the year, we saw more of that sort of play. I mean, if I'm remembering correctly, the Lightning got got smacked around that first game in Florida. Remember, they were playing the Panthers three in a row. I think that was game 12. I think they were 9-1-1 one, and one going into that game. And that was a little bit of an eye-opener for the Lightning. But they had gotten nine wins in their first 11 and, what, 19 points out of the first 22. I think... In, in building that record, I'm not sure that we had to look back and say Vasilevsky had to be as incredible as he has had to be since then. Which is not to say that he wasn't really good. He was, right? And I think he played every one of those 11 games because Macklin, he got on the, the COVID protocol right. list. So some of this, I do think, is related to the standings position. They knew they needed to get off to a good start. They were dialed in at the start of the year. They played some really good hockey. The one regulation loss was the game in Columbus, game four of the regular season. They didn't play particularly well. That was an outlier game. I, I And again, I'm trying to remember like how we talked about the games during that time period on this show and on the broadcast, the game broadcast. And I think they, they defended pretty well. Well enough, anyway, to to help out their goaltending. Since then, it has it has dipped. And and I think that is why you have made the point correctly that they are leaning more on Vasilevsky than they probably want to, or if they get into the playoffs, more than want. Like I think that they need to get back to the way they were playing through much of last year, certainly in the bubble, and I will include the start of this season. And here is where I am more curious, I'll use that term, than about the offense. I think the offense will come around. I think the Lightning have enough talent. I think they have enough players who can bear down when they have a chance to get a scoring opportunity, bury that chance, whatever. I am not I am not convinced that this thing is going to linger in terms of generating high-quality chances, both the number of chances and the level of the quality of the chances in the offensive zone. I think the Lightning are going to be fine in that regard. I think they have some work to do defensively because defense is hard, and defense is about habits. And they have had some some habits creep into their game, 
whether it's due to the schedule, lack of practice time, standings position, whatever, that they are going to need to correct. And you've heard me talk about this as long as we've been talking hockey together, Greg, well beyond the time that we started doing the show together. Team defense is multifaceted. It's not only your coverage, how you are defending in your own zone. It's also how you are reacting to the rush, which is separate from how you are defending when the other team has the puck in your end, and crucially, what you do with the puck. Defense is related to how you are playing with the puck. Puck management, limiting turnovers, making good decisions with the puck so the other team can't get it and get it in a position to expose you defensively. That is hard to do. It's hard to maintain. And that's, at the risk of repeating myself, why I am always singing the praises of Barry Trotz. Because his teams are really, really good and really, really consistent in those areas. Which is why they are usually among the league leaders in fewest goals allowed. Right? So, the Lightning need to rediscover that in the playoffs. You'd like to see them hone in on that in these closing 18 regular season games. Now, let's say they they can't, right? Let's say that it's hard to do. Let's say that they can't get back to the level they were playing at in the bubble, let's say, last year, for whatever reason. They do have Vasilevsky. (laughs) So they have the goalie that can cover up a lot of warts, to use your term. But I don't think they want to be in that position. So as compared to kind of your fourth point about Johnson, which I lumped into kind of team-wide, the offensive issue, generating goals and chances, that is that is much less of a point of concern, if you want to call it that for me personally, than the defensive question. And let's see, let's see how they can do in that regard. And part of this is number of times shorthanded, too, which has been a bright spot during the homestand. The Lightning were shorthanded a total of five times during the four games they just played at home. That is a big step in the right direction. That will help alleviate some of the pressure, too, and the scoring chance numbers against if they are not shorthanded as much as they have been throughout this year. But, but that, to me, is number one. I'm curious to hear what your number one is, but I think that that is going to be probably the biggest question to be answered here down the stretch in the regular season and into the playoffs, especially because if they finish first, they're going to get the fourth place team. We don't know what team that's going to be. But if they want to get to where they want to get to, certainly the conference final, getting out of this division, they are going to be playing Carolina or Florida or both. Potentially. And we have seen that these teams are very dangerous offensively. So the Lightning are going to have to hone in on their defensive play if they get one or both of those teams. Now, I think that both of those teams, Florida and Carolina, are kind of cut from the same cloth as the Lightning from the standpoint that like, you can, you can expose them defensively too. But you need to take care of your own end first especially against Carolina and or Florida, which so, makes this this point even more significant I love to me as we as we head down the stretch here. So I think we're we're thinking along the same lines. Well it, it, this kind of ties in nicely. My last point, maybe the most important at least for me, outside of them being healthy and and that as as we've discussed, is that my number one point in terms of what have we learned from this lightning team and maybe it hasn't been this year. Maybe it's just been the last couple where I've lumped together what they've accomplished. Dave, with all of those questions that need to be answered, we're curious how they defend. What's their structure going to be like? I'm inclined to give them the benefit of the doubt when it Me comes too. to the playoffs. But, and I think but, that's my number one point. Now, that doesn't okay, mean it's going to happen. You're giving them the benefit of the doubt. I just think that it, it's going to be um, a smoother transition sure. for them to generate more chances Yes. Then clean up some of the issues that have crept into their game in terms of their team defense. And listen, that's all I'm saying. I'm not right. saying that it can't be done. No, I'm no, just no. saying that that is a harder, a harder one to listen, get back on the track. My my take, my last point is there's a little bit of hope there, and I, you know what, the, in the vest, investing world, when you say I, I hope this stock ends up being really good, <laughs> that's sometimes not very good recipe because uh, you're investing. Might as well in go it. to the craps table, right. right? I mean, listen, and we all been there. 
And with your with every team you cover, every fan out there that that follows a team, there is a a, a bit of hope when it comes to where they're going to be. You hope this guy performs well. We hope Tyler Johnson gets back to being the guy we've seen over the years. I mean, there's a little bit of that. Well, uh, you know, maybe not wishful thinking, but you just don't know. It, it's it's not sometimes beneficial to just say, "I hope this," "I hope that." The Lightning team over the last year and a half, I think, deserves the benefit of the doubt that once the playoffs do start, there is a little bit of a light switch that goes on. That desperation that you you and I talked, Dave, earlier that's maybe missing a bit right now because of where they are in the season, that the playoffs bring that out of them and that yeah. they have enough leadership in that locker room, which we all agree I think they do, that they understand they need to be better defensively, that they cannot rely on Vasilevsky to bail them out. That may happen in some games. It may happen in a series where Vasi just steals it. It can't be the way you win a Stanley Cup because we've seen that be the case over the years, and it's not a recipe for success. So my last point, and it's one that maybe isn't backed up by hard numbers, it's backed up by more so what they've done over the last year is that this group who basically is back from last year's Stanley Cup run, that they will figure it out. Their game will come together crisply and efficiently, specifically defensively. Boy, that, that could have been like a, a song. How many L-Y words there was I, was <laughs> I bringing nice. there, Dave? It's like schoolhouse rock. Yeah, schoolhouse rock. I mean, that that was pretty incredible. <laughs> oh, sorry, but adverbs. Adverbs was the yes. L-Y attachment. Yes. Math and adverbs. my age here. Yeah, so if you Did you watch adverbs, that or you were, that was past your generation? It might have been past, Dave. It might have yeah. been past my Saturday time. Saturday morning cartoons mean I don't schoolhouse rock. <laughs> um, that is going to, and it almost ends on a positive note. I think they're going to get back to that. It's it may be a big if who knows. Well, I remember and I know McDonough said this and I want to say it was either Goodrow or Coleman, but maybe yeah. both of them, because I've heard it. I, I've heard it multiple times earlier yeah. this year. And I know you you will remember hearing this, too, when I say it. After a game in which they didn't play as well as they would have liked defensively, the comment was, we know the formula that works for us. I'm paraphrasing kind of, but they all three players, or maybe it was two. Uh, I can't remember if it was Goodrow or Coleman or both, but I remember McDonough said it for sure. And one of the other two said it, if not both forwards. They basically said, we, we know the formula that we have. We, we know how we need to play to have success. And really what that means is attention to detail in terms of their team defense. And, and that awareness, that acknowledgement – is a really important part of things and backs up your number one point that they will figure it out. And, and that's again, some of that is hope, but I, I'm less inclined to say I'm going out on a limb because this is a veteran group. That's been in a lot of different playoff series, had a, they've had a lot of success and a lot of disappointments, but they put that together last year. I think that helps them heading into the playoffs. My opinion, I hope I'm right. Yeah. Because I think a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning, in some ways, folks, deserves the benefit of the doubt. Dave, I want to get to some questions, but yeah. I, I want to get to the Ben Thomas real quick. Yeah, let's talk about you him. And I don't great know, listen, you and I don't know what they're going to do. What is it, a week from today, the trade deadline, April 12th? And we've talked about the limitations they do have. But the one, the one area where people say if they are going to make a move, Maybe it's to acquire a depth piece on the back end. Fair point. How do they do it? That's for Julian Brisewa and his capologist to figure out. We understand. Matthew Darsh, by the way, is the yes. assistant GM who oversees. Although Julian, get, Julian you know has what? a lot of experience in that regard, You know what, guys? Too. I think we should probably try and, and shoot for Matthew Darsh. I would love to, to talk show. to Matthew Darsh. I think he would be an interesting guy to talk to. Just, I mean, we don't have to get into all the crunching of the numbers, but I do think that would be kind of interesting. How I was talking to Brian. I was talking to Brian Engblom yesterday before yeah. the game because he he sat in because Phil was out of town and and the game was televised on NBC, and we were talking about the cap and Brian started looking like he was getting cross eyed, <laughs> like yeah. okay, you don't you don't clearly have a lot of the answers to some of these questions that we've been posing on our show. 
So we need we need to get somebody on who can answer these questions. All right, we'll have him on. We'll put in a call. You know what? Our, our crack staff, we've got about 15 <laughs> yes. interns working for us. Hey, hey, Michelle, can you maybe give a call to Matthew? Dur- okay, she just nodded and she said she will, and I appreciate that. Like, can her. the Lightning scratch three players in the last week of the regular season I think it's for, fair. for rest purposes? Why not? Let's well, ask. Well, why not? You can't do it because of the well, cap limitations. But that uh, yeah, that, that's not. what I mean. I, I want to ask Matthew, can they? You know, why yeah. why wouldn't they be able to? Anyways, the the point I want to make about Ben Thomas, Dave, it's one game. He looked impressive. You also understand you're playing on adrenaline and maybe you hit kind of a wall and then your play decreases after that first game because you're so amped up and so pumped. I don't I don't know if that's gonna happen to Ben Thomas. It it might not. It might go the other way. What I will say is pretty interesting is if the predicament they may be in in terms of addressing their depth on the back end, if Thomas plays well, and I don't know how many games he's going to get till the trade deadline, but he has been in the organization for a while, if he shows what he did yesterday consistently over the next however many games, I'm wondering if the organization feels like, you know what, we would like to go out and get a depth guy a veteran player who has some experience, but we understand we're limited. I'm okay with Ben Thomas being the eighth or ninth defenseman. And I'm wondering if yesterday was a very good start towards that decision. And if they're more inclined, Dave, to give him maybe another look or two before the deadline to see what he has. Not that three games or two games makes a career, but we're just talking about the limitations with the cap and getting to a place where... If you had to play Thomas, do you feel like things would be okay? And that's how big I think him playing well really is. And if that factors into their decision with regards to going out and trying to do something at the deadline. He was really steady yesterday. And and that's what you want from a defenseman. Steady play. I thought he was steady in all three zones. Had an unlucky minus one on the Rasmussen goal. He had his man at the side of the net, and that was the play in which Gibson mishandled the puck when it came off the end wall. Rasmussen was open in front, but it was not Thomas's job to guard Rasmussen. So that was a little bit of an unlucky minus one. But yeah, you know, that was really the only blemish, if you want to call it that, on his stat line. He played over 14 minutes and and really poised, really steady. So, yeah, it might be some adrenaline, and I think in fairness, we've seen Andreas Borgman's game dip a little bit after the first couple, and we don't know if that's going to happen if Thomas gets more games, what his his game level will look like. But we do know Jan Ruda, John Cooper, framed his injury in these terms week to week. So the Lightning are going to be without one of their regular right-handed shooting defensemen for the next few weeks, and we only have what? little over a month left in the regular season. So the opportunity certainly is here for Thomas to stay, if not in the lineup, then on the taxi squad, and maybe get into more games because they do want to see him get more reps to kind of see if his, his play levels off, which is kind of the question you posed. But maybe it won't level off. Maybe maybe he will he will maintain the high standard that, that he set in his NHL debut, similar to Ross Colton. Well, and Dave got in, played really well, and every time he's gone in, he's he's continued to play really well. And and Dave, you and I have been around sports long enough where when a younger guy comes up, you do not want to overanalyze and go all in with a couple of good performances. We understand how dangerous that 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 can play out. I mean, but the look, Lightning do have the flexibility to to give him some they rope do. here based on their standings position, and and they should and. This guy has a lot of experience in their organization. I'm not telling you that it's NHL experience. They know him. He would fit a role. He's a right-handed shot defenseman. We know they're thin there. And he's a guy, they they understand more than anybody his tendencies, good and bad. Now, he hasn't shown it at the NHL level. And you do not want to overreact after one game. What I'm telling you, folks, is that sometimes circumstances will dictate what you do with a certain player based off of where you are with the cap, they may be forced, Dave, to look at Ben Thomas and say, yeah, maybe three games or four games doesn't make me feel completely comfortable that you can do this consistently at the NHL level. But for this year, in a depth role, it's good enough. 
And that's all I'm saying. Can they get by with a Ben Thomas and not have to go out and get a defenseman and give up some assets rather than see what they have in a guy like that who probably won't be forced to play top six, top seven, although injuries happen, you never know, but basically just prevents you from staying cap compliant while at the same time not giving up assets to bring in another defenseman when you know Thomas probably can serve that same role. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and I think it's going to be point. interesting to see how that all plays out. Dave, I want to get to a couple of questions before we sign off. This has been a, a lively show, and we appreciate everybody who has been listening. Big picture show. It has I been really a big picture didn't show. really dig in over the weekend. Yeah, and I, but... you know, look, some of that is is Detroit. Like I said at the beginning, Detroit played well, Dave. Yeah. They are an improving team. They really are. Um, they just don't have enough scores, I think, to capitalize on some of the, the improvements they've made as a team. That may come. And... Um, I know a lot of teams are going to look at Luke Lindenning for sure because he is, uh, as a depth piece, man. That uh, you know your face-off nice percentage is higher when you when you go ten and seven. Yeah, on draws in a game and your percentage for the year goes down. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point. Impressive. And I wonder what the asking price would be for a guy like that, understanding his contract, but also understanding that a guy like that, that's a big deal in the playoffs. And you wonder if a team would overpay for a fourth liner like Lindenning. All right, let's get to a couple questions. Al says, with the playoff spot all but assured, do you think some Lightning players have gone into coast mode to save something for the playoffs, thus allowing some bad habits to creep in? Slow pace of play, a concern, especially by the D, how do they turn the switch back on? I think that hits a lot of the points that we yeah. talked about this past hour. The one thing I will, I will say the way Al framed it, it almost made it seem like it was a conscious decision to go on, what did he call it, cruise control. I don't know that it's a conscious decision. I don't think players go out and, and, and say to themselves, well, you know what, our standings position is secure. I'm not going to go all out here. I think it's more more of, not subconscious, but if your urgency level is not sky high and you are not dialed in at the level that you could be dialed in at to have success at the NHL level I'm talking about the highest level in the world and it's just off a little bit then it becomes more noticeable but I don't think that it's it's a conscious decision on the part of the players that sure they're just putting their feet up on the ottoman with their skates on no I don't saying we're we're good guys this is kind of where we said you, you give the team the benefit of the doubt that they're going to figure it out I, I know there's a little bit of hope in there with that analysis and that can be dangerous but I think a team like that has earned it. I think also Dave made a really good point. They're just not in the same boat that some of these other teams are when it comes to desperation. I actually think the Lightning have done as well as you can for a team coming off winning the Cup the following year that you could possibly be. I think their intensity for the most part has been good. Keep in mind, guys, it is hard when we talk about repeating that following year to come out of the gates and really play well. And I think the schedule helped them do it this year. But I think for the most part, there's not a ton for us to quibble about. I mean, the five points I gave you, you know, some of those are very correctable. And a lot of it stems from the last point of just, I, I think when the lights are on, Tampa Bay will respond. But, uh, Al also want to know, is Ben Thomas here to stay? I don't think he's waiver exempt. I don't think he could clear he's waivers not. too. He, he, has, he has several pro years of experience okay. under his belt. Um. And so he was saying, you know, too many teams looking for good, young, right defenseman right. prospects. And well, I get so that. if he were to go back to the taxi squad, he would have to clear waivers because he yes. was he was brought up. But keep in mind, if a team claims a player off waivers, they would need to keep that player on the NHL roster. Yes. Because if they try and send that player to the taxi squad or to the minors, then he would also go through waivers again. And I believe that the team that lost the player on waivers can just claim him right back. They get first crack. I was going to say, would they get the first dibs? It didn't used it. to be that way, yeah. and, and that's another one of those small print rules that I think has like gone into effect that we need to yeah. ask Julian Breesbar and Matthew Darsh about. But I believe that if you lose a player on waivers and then a subsequent team 
tries to put the same player through waivers, you have first crack yeah. to just claim him, claim him back before any other team. Usually, uh, it goes in order of order of worst record. Yeah, it reminds me of like crack. the Rule Five draft in baseball, where a team claims a guy who doesn't have any experience. You got to keep him on the roster for the full year. If not, he gets exposed to yeah. the other team. It's to protect the player, up. so yeah, the player sure. isn't yo-yoed. I mean, no look, doubt. if you go through waivers and another team claims you, that's good for the player. That means that team wants you on their NHL roster. But then, if that team is just going to send you back to the minors, then this is to protect the player, in a way, from having that happen. Two two quick questions. Patty says, "Do you feel like teams have found the book on us and are playing us like we've played them? They're all over the bolts. They know what their main plays are and how to stop them. Now we have to figure out how to combat that and win. Or have the bolts been just a little off?" I think it's more the latter. Yeah, I would. Do you remember the first period of Saturday's game against Detroit? I think Detroit went in with a game plan, and they just had no answer for how the Lightning. Detroit had two good shots. You're right. They had two good shots early on Saturday in the first period, and then after that, they looked like they looked like their minor league team. Well, here's the thing, though, Greg. So I loved how the Lightning attacked the Red Wings in the offensive zone in the first period, and they were extremely dangerous. So if we're going to talk about they couldn't get inside, you know, things are drying up, like they were definitely incredibly dangerous in the first period and could have scored more than two goals. The issue I had with their game in the first period, which ties into the team defense, they almost got too aggressive. And Detroit, I think, had 11 total shot attempts in the first period, which is a fairly low number on Saturday, but you think of the chances they had. I mean, they had multiple odd man rush opportunities where Vasilevsky didn't see action for a while, and then all of a sudden he'd be staring down the barrel of a two on one or a or two on zero shorthanded. <laughs> two on zero shorthanded. <laughs> you know what I mean? I right. Mean, just, that so, goes back to Vasi. You know, it's just yeah. crazy. And so I think that that was the Columbus game, though the two on zero shorthanded. It the was. Detroit right. first period, though, on Saturday was very dynamic offensively for the Lightning. But even having said that, some of their their decision-making in the offensive zone was too aggressive because it fueled a counterattack opportunity for Detroit. Even though it was isolated, that still, you want to be able to be aggressive offensively without fueling the other team's counterattack. And I, I, made, I made that point in my extra shift column. You did. It wasn't just It wasn't just that the Lightning dominated. They, they had some issues throughout that game defensively, even when they dominated puck possession. But if the question is, have teams, quote-unquote, figured out how to defend the Lightning, I think it's when the Lightning are on their game and they are executing well, they are a handful for the opposition, no matter how much game planning the other team wants to do. The other thing, too, is we haven't discussed too much, although it is obvious. I mean, this team's going to be harder to defend with Kucherov in the lineup. Now, yes. How does Cooch look when he comes back is a fair question. But I think his presence on the ice, I think that's one of those instances where you have to you have to account for Kucherov regardless of the condition he is in because of his abilities to make plays, not only shooting, but passing. Last question uh, comes from Bob. He said, I posed this question to Twitter and some friends last week. Where would the Bolts be in the standings without Vassy? Definitely a large quantity of replies saying at least 8 to 10 wins less so far this season. If that is accurate, Bolts might not be in a playoff position, makes one think. I mean... Well, that's your question, man. <laughs> Vassy for heart. Vassy, Vassy, I think, Bob, I, I will maybe meet you halfway and say that I think this year speaks to how great Vassy is because I don't think the team has been very good or as good defensively as they would like, or at least as the numbers would indicate. You, you take Vassy off the roster, I mean, you could do that with any goaltender, and they're not going to be as good. I've, I've said this before. If you lose your starting goaltender, regardless of who your backup is, uh, unless it's an extreme situation where we've seen kind of like Tuka Rask and Halak or Matt Murray and Flurry when they were together – the chances of that team winning a Stanley Cup aren't great. I mean, they're the number one goaltender for a reason. Vasi happens to be the best out of all of those goaltenders. And I actually think it's maybe not by a huge margin, but by a, a pretty decent margin. And I think if you do take him out of the lineup, uh, it's a hypothetical. I think this team is talented enough to make the playoffs. But, you know, Stanley Cup, that's hard to do. That's hard to do. But we're not there. And you can't... Uh, this is the part, Dave, before we sign off, that I, I always want to hit home to fans. You can't 
sit there and say, well, if they didn't have Vasily, this team would be in, in much worse shape. They have Vasilevsky. That's part of their team. It's not the Lightning's fault they got the best and drafted and developed the best goaltender on the planet. That's that's part of the game. You know, and Detroit, I'll add one more I'll add ahead. one more hypothetical here. Yeah. So let's say either Vasilevsky wasn't as sharp, or they didn't have Vasilevsky, whatever. They to Bob's point, let's say they had ten points fewer. The way I look at that is if they had ten points fewer, they would be battling for their playoff life and their attention to detail would probably be at a higher level. If we're going to make the argument that their standings position is feeding into what did Al use <laughs> the term cruise control? I mean, there there may be a little element right. of that. And look, it's it's human nature. You know, how dialed in are you? If you're a lot closer to that playoff cut line, you are more dialed in. Because if you're not, you may miss the playoffs. The Lightning have put themselves in a position with their excellent start not to be in that position. So how much better would their attention to detail be? And I keep using that term because I think that's what yeah. it's about. It's about being honed in and dialed in to execute the way that we saw through much of last year and in the bubble. And they can get back to it, as we said earlier in the show. But if they didn't have whatever, a 15-point a lead on the fifth-place team with a game in hand, instead it was a three-point lead, we might be seeing a little bit of a, a different approach in terms of how committed they were to, to not having no doubt. lapses. No doubt. Well, we had a lot to discuss here on a Monday. We went over a little bit, but that's for you guys because this is what Dave and I do on a regular basis. We'll uh, get set for tomorrow's show, noon to one. And then, of course, the Lightning take on the Blue Jackets. Dave, great job as always. Good talk. We'll do it again tomorrow. Yep. Talk to you tomorrow. Thanks to Steve Ersnick as well. Thanks to you for listening. Hit us up on Twitter at Bolts Radio. I am Greg Linelli. Thanks for listening to Power Lunch on Lightning Power Play.